0: Hi, this is the eighth podcast in the Knowledge Series on Lord of the Flies for English Literature GCSE. In this episode, we're going to focus on the island itself. Remember, you can make your own notes to go along with this to help you remember the key things that you need to know about this text. It's worth knowing things about the island because it's clearly a deliberate choice that Golding makes for setting with deliberate consequences. This is not just a novel about how children behave when there are no adults around. If it was, they could have been locked in a school, for instance, or out in an adventure in the British countryside. The island itself holds symbolic significance, and that's what we're going to explore today. Firstly, you need to know about the Garden of Eden. This is the garden on earth in which God places Adam and Eve when they're created. It's full of life and beauty. It yields abundant fruit for Adam and Eve. They have everything they need there to live and to enjoy living and to be happy. Where it goes wrong is when first Eve and then Adam is tempted to disobey the only rule that God gives them. He tells them not to eat the fruit of one particular tree or they will surely die. Convinced that they know better than God, Eve and Adam eat the fruit and they are expelled from the garden as a punishment, knowing that now they will eventually die and enduring all kinds of suffering in the meantime. This is relevant context for knowing about the island look at the parallels between Eden and Golding's Island. Firstly, it's beautiful. There's a crystal clear lagoon, a safe place to swim. There's foliage and palm fronds. Then there's the idea that like Adam and Eve, they have everything they need. There's fruit, there's water, there are pigs to hunt, there's a conch to help them create and maintain order, and there's even a convenient place where they can hold assemblies. There's also immediate threat that, like in Eden, it's the people who will make things go wrong. In the biblical story, Eve is told by a snake, the devil in disguise, that she has nothing to fear from eating the fruit. In other words, the snake tells her it's okay to ignore God and do what she wants. It's not an accident that Golding introduces the fear of a snake thing in chapter two as a reminder that this Edenic paradise will not last. So the second thing you need to know is that the island shifts from being a symbol of paradise to being a symbol of the destructive power of mankind. Even while it is introduced in all its Edenic beauty in chapter one, the island is defaced by a huge scar, the destructive remains of the plane crash. That word scar is important because scars come from wounds and injuries, and though they fade in time, they never completely disappear. The boy's arrival on the island has left an indelible mark. It has had an impact that cannot ever be removed. This destructive capacity is further exemplified at the end of chapter two, and when the small signal fire gets completely out of control. Golding describes this wonderfully through animal imagery, with the flames beginning as squirrel-like and growing to leaping and pouncing jaguars. This is man-made violence, introduced by the boys, and causing devastation to the natural landscape. Not only does it destroy the island, but it also takes the life of the little with the mulberry scar, the one who talked about the snake thing. It is an act of evil, though it is an accident, careless destruction brought about by careless mankind. Of course, the small fire in chapter two foreshadows the final devastating fire at the end of the novel. By the end of the hunt for Ralph, the whole island is ablaze. In their selfish desire to hunt and kill, the boys have unwittingly, unheedingly destroyed the Edenic setting in which they landed. This is significant because the Edenic context changes our reading of the naval officer. In the context of the eviction from the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve's removal from the Garden was a sign of their loss of paradise and entering into suffering, the removal of the boys from the island no longer looks like a rescue. It looks instead like the eviction from a wonderful paradise, a safe haven that their choices have destroyed, and the entry into a harsher world. That of course is why they are rescued not by any old ship, but by a naval officer, someone involved in the business of war. It's not a rescue. It's a delivery into a different, bigger conflict. So the island is like Eden. It is a symbol of the destructive capacity of humans. And it is a sign that the end of the novel might not be a rescue, but a punishment. Finally, let's look at the island as a literary tool. Golding creates a scenario in which the boys are completely cut off from the rest of the world in order for the island to be a microcosm. By which I mean a scaled-down, smaller version of society. The boys on the island behave in just the same way as society behaves on a bigger scale. Without rules and enforcement, human nature descends into violence and atavism. It's on the island that Golding is able to strip away rules and demonstrate this behaviour, The pigs change from being gifts of food to be enjoyed to being victims of primitive hunting and ritual slaughter. The social order breaks down into tribalism and warfare. When the normal rules of society are taken away, this microcosmic example suggests that in Golding's opinion, this descent is inevitable.